Tonight we're going to take our text from Revelation chapter 3, verse number 20. One portion of scripture. I'm going to give team in the back just a moment to get that pulled up. I don't think I shared that scripture with them before service. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. I, uh, Pastor came in this morning. I was at my desk doing a little work and uh, he said, I just want to let you know that I'm not feeling well today. And uh, he said, there's a 99.9999% chance you'll be preaching tonight. <laughs> and I said, well, if, if, if you want me to preach, just say it so I can be ready. And he said, well, that's what I'm doing. I'm telling you, you're preaching tonight. <laughs> I said, all right, I'll, uh, I'll be ready. And then they text us a little before service and said he was running a fever, not going to be here. And I immediately ran, sprinted. It's one of the only times where you will ever find me running as a bear is chasing me. Ran down to the cleaning closet, got Clorox wipes, sprays, disinfected everything around here. This microphone was in pieces. I was cleaning all of it. I do not want to be sick. I'm not a good sick person. And uh, I do not, I do not want to to be sick. For my wife's sake, you do not want me sick. Amen. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Tonight, for just a few minutes, I've been requested to preach for about five We'll see what happens. I don't feel like it'll be very long tonight. I want to preach for a few minutes. A knock, a voice, and a response. A knock, a voice, and a response. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. There is a level of privacy that we have in our in our homes that exists in today's society. I, I don't know that it has always uh, been there. I don't know that it's always been the same level of privacy, but in our homes today, we have this level of privacy that that we only allow those who we want to be there. Um, if we don't want anybody within our home, then that's just the way it is, and people have to get over that, I guess. There's a level of privacy that we can set the standard of who is in our houses, and who we allow in, and who, I guess, we allow back that's a leave. In your uh, in your home, you can decide who you want in that home, and you can decide who you want to stay out of that home. Some people get the hint very easily that they are not welcome within your home. Others, they don't quite get it and seem to pop in at the most inopportune times. Amen. You can say amen to that. That's all right. That's something we all live through. We can all relate to the sanctuary, the safety, and the privacy that our home represents, but also the power to choose what or who will cross the threshold of the doorway that leads into that sacred place that we call home. Depending upon custom and, and uh, of your household and relationship that you have with certain people, there are two ways that you can approach someone's house. Whenever you get there, if you would like to go into someone's home, it's mostly accepted in today's society that you either ring the doorbell or you knock upon the door. Upon hearing that, you wait for an acknowledgement. You don't just go up and start trying the door handle. It's unlocked. I'm just going to go in. You knock on the door. 
And then you wait on the acknowledgement that they acknowledge that you are there. Or you wait for the door to be opened up to you. Now there are some people that have an open door policy. Is there anybody that's got an open door policy as your house people can just walk in? Brother Shane, I've witnessed that. I've experienced that firsthand. Thank you. The hospitality came in. All right, no one else. I was going to come out later. But uh, no one raised your hand, so I'll see you later, Shane. <laughs> There's some people that have an open door policy at their home. My, my grandparents' house, they live in a different house now, still the same policy. But whenever I was growing up, they had uh, these big pane windows and then a glass door in the middle of the pane windows. The whole wall in the, on the side of, of their, on the side entrance that led into their, they called the den, um, it was it was all glass. And you could see right in to the, to the main area of the house that they had their recliners, they drank their coffee, they were there in the morning, watched the squirrels out in the, in the pecan tree. And, and, but if you walked over, if you went to their house, or you went there often, you knew that you didn't have to walk up and knock on the door. If my papa was sitting in his recliner or my mama and hers, you just walked over and you turned the handle and you went in, and, and that's just how it was. I had a, uh, an aunt. She's, uh, she's passed uh, uh, from cancer. But before she passed, obviously, she would come over to, to your house, and just about anybody, I mean, if she knew you, obviously she didn't know the strangers, but if she knew you, she had this thing, and everybody knew that Virgie did this thing where she would open the door, push it open, step about a foot or so in, and go, knock, knock. That's how you knew that Virgie was there. There's different customs, different ways, uh, depending upon your custom, your relationship, that people enter into your home, that they come to the threshold of the sacred place called your home. Understanding this concept, the Bible relates our hearts to having a door, implicating a level of privacy that we can set on our heart of what comes in and what goes out. There, there are things that we can close our hearts up to, that we can that we can assert some privacy and say we don't want that here, or or we, we, we don't need that thing within our life, showing that our hearts, that that to our hearts we can keep the door shut at times to things that aren't welcome and choose to open the door to that which is welcome. Creating a threshold to the soul, if you will, a, a passageway into our innermost being of what makes us who we are. In our scripture text tonight, Revelations chapter 3, and about halfway uh, through preparing this today and going through this, I, I remembered that, that Brother Buford preached out of Revelations chapter 3. Not long ago, he preached about an open door. Tonight I'm preaching about a closed door that's being knocked upon. Amen? In Revelation chapter 3, we find where John is writing to the seven churches of Asia Minor. And he, he writes to the churches of Ephesus and to Smyrna and to uh, Pergamum and uh, Thyatira and Sardis and Philadelphia. And then at the end, we get to where he writes to the church of Laodicea. And there's debate and there's people that, that talk about how these churches represent different ages and times 
of the church as a whole and that we live in this Laodicean age. And I, I'm not getting into that. We're not going to discuss that. That's not even where I'm going with that tonight. But in this in this letter that he writes, he, he speaks to the Laodicean church. He begins to explain to them some shortfalls that they have. He starts out telling them that they are not hot nor cold. That 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 there are uh, that 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 it would be better for them to be hot, or it would be better for them to be cold and not to be lukewarm. That they must make a decision, and that they are having a hard time making that decision. Sometimes thinking too highly of themselves and not really being what they think that they are. He offers a, a better way and expresses, God expresses through the words here of John as he, as he pins this, that he expresses, I rebuke who I love. God says, I rebuke who I love. And then God paints this picture through these words, this beautiful picture of his love, stating, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with him and he with me. I, I think it's interesting to see here that at the beginning of this, God God is saying that he, he understands that there's some, there's some downfalls. That there's some problems. There's some circumstances and some situations. But at the end, he ends with this Picture of his love explaining that though there are problems, though there are situations, though there are struggles, I'm willing to stand at the door of your heart and knock. I'm willing to not only do that, but to call out to you to hear my voice and wait for you to respond. A knock, a voice. In a response, we are given this glimpse into the desire of God to be in relationship with humanity, to be in relationship with those that He has created, with with everyone who will open their heart to Him. The Scripture text is directly to the Church of Laodicea, but I believe that it was put within the Holy Writ for us to understand and for all generations to understand that no matter where you find yourself in life, that no matter what your past is, no matter what your problems have been, no matter your current situation or what you think you're going through or what you have been through, that we serve a loving God who stands at the door of your heart and he knocks and he calls and he wants to be with you. I believe that God each and every day stands at the door looking, knocking and calling for a people that have an open heart. That are willing to allow his spirit to come in and to work through them and to do a mighty work in them. You see, it is our responsibility to know what we should open our heart to. To what we should allow into our life. And what we should keep the door closed to. And keep out of our life. Just like the door of our home. We don't open, or we should not at least open the door to our heart. To just everything. Whenever we are home and we hear a knock at the door. 
We most of the time will look out, whether it's from a side window or if you're cool enough to have a little, you know, hole that you can look through, a little peephole, you can see who's on the other side of that door. And we we can take clues as to whether we should open that door or not. It's two o'clock in the morning, and a masked man is standing outside of my door holding a pistol. I'm not opening my door. Now, I may eventually, but it's going to be with the bigger guy. <laughs> I'm going to be calling the cops. I'm going to be letting people know. I'm going to be waking my wife and telling her, take cover. Something bad is going on out here. I'm not just going to open my door thinking, well, maybe, maybe these silly girls got me. I'm not sure what exactly is going on. But in the same manner, as our door, as our hearts have this, this door that is, that, is, that is drawn up for us and, and we see here in Scripture that there are things in life that want access into our hearts. There are things that want access into our inner being, into our soul, into the makeup of who we are. And we shouldn't open the door to everything that knocks, just like with our home. We should not open our heart's door to everything that knocks. But we should carefully look out and see what it is that is trying to access us. What it is that is trying to get into our life. What it is that is trying to step into the place, this sacred place called the heart. And figure out if we should keep the door open or keep it closed. You see, there's got to be a, a way that we can that we can look at these at these circumstances, at, 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 at this, this thing that's knocking on our door and understand if it's something that we should open up or not. But I want to tell you tonight that if the thing that is trying to get into your life, that is trying to step in, that is calling out to you and wanting to open up your door, the door to your heart, if it is not found within the Word of God, if it is not holy, if it is not righteous, if it is not pure, it should have no place in your life. It should have no place within your soul, within your heart, within your inner most being. You've got to understand that there are a lot of things that are going to knock on the door of your heart. As we walk through life, there are going to be many things that are going to try to access our life. The way that we know the difference between what we should let in and what we should not. It's not just that it lines up with these things, of course. <coughs> but we should recognize the voice of the Lord when he is not. John 10, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 5 says, Truly, truly, I tell you, whoever does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. But the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Verse 3 says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know what he looks like. Because they're watching his footsteps. No, no, no. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. Verse 5, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will flee from him 
because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. I feel like sometimes, and, and I, whenever I say this, I want you to understand that this is not this is not some thought that that the Lord hit me with in the time of prayer and fasting and you know supplication before the Lord. This is something that I heard from a sermon from Brother Jeff Arnold. There's no cuss words in it or anything like that. In this sermon, it really touched my life. He began to talk about, and it really transformed who I am as, as a minister and, and, and someone following after God. He said that our, our following after God by his voice is a maturity thing. That as we are new in the church, that it is mostly all about the feeling. That we we feel the presence of God. And it's new to us. And, and feeling the presence is, is this great thing that we've experienced and we love it. And even whenever we have a time where we need to make a hard decision and we're doing something that, that many times we wait on the feeling of God. That we wait on him as the shepherd to grab the sheep and move them along. No, go this way. Man, it feels good. The Lord is directed and guiding. But at some point we get to a place where we don't feel God like maybe we did before. Life gets difficult. We go through circumstances and the feeling is not there. And we begin to judge our relationship with God on the feeling. And because I don't feel him like I used to, he's not there like he was. But as we mature in Christ, we should transition from the feeling to his voice. That as we mature in Christ, that we should not be dependent upon the feeling of God. But even whenever we get up in the morning and we don't feel like it, we still praise him. And even whenever we don't feel him like we feel like we should or like we think that we should, we can still hear his voice directing and leading us. As, as the world is trying to infiltrate our heart, as, as the things of this world are trying to come into our heart, and they're knocking and they're calling, what, what is going to make the difference on whether we understand that that thing should be in our life or if it shouldn't is the voice. If we can understand and hear the voice of God. It should be a voice that we are accustomed to, that we listen to, that we have learned to hear, that where God speaks to us, and God speaks to everybody in different ways. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I know whenever my spirit quickens and I know his voice in my life, I know how he talks to me. I know the voice of God. Tonight, the call that you may be feeling, the call, that the voice that is calling out to you may be, a call to repentance. It may be a time where you need to step into a realm of repentance that you haven't been in in a while and repent of your sins and lay things down at the altar. The voice of God may be reminding you, Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. It, it may be a voice that reminds us, James 3 and 9, that it's not God's will that any should perish, but that everyone would come to repentance. May be a call to repentance that you're hearing from the voice of God. For some, it may be a call, a voice calling us to a closer relationship with Him. 
It could be a call into the ministry or a work of God that he has planned for us. The voice of God may be calling out for you to become involved in areas that you haven't before, haven't done before. Become active in a ministry that you've never been involved in. To teach that Bible study that you've been thinking about. To walk over to your neighbor's house and to begin to cover that neighborhood in prayer. Walk your neighborhood and begin to cover it in prayer. Maybe it's to speak to your neighbor and to let them know that you're praying for them. To involve yourself in more of the local assembly and doing things within the church. I, I believe that as, as God knocks upon the door of our heart and that he, as he begins to call out to us, that that voice, the voice of God that's calling to us could be heard different ways different people. Again, I'm, I'm going to say this again, that there are some that may be sitting here tonight that God is knocking on your heart's door. He's knocking on your heart's door and he's calling out to come to a time of repentance, to receive salvation. But maybe you're saved and you need to do something more in your life. Maybe he's calling you to a ministry, calling you to something that you've never done before. I believe that we have people in that place right now in our local assembly. I, I've got a note going of, of people that are coming to me just recently that have started coming to me with ideas and thoughts and passions and desires that they have for the church. Things that we can do within our local assembly. Ways to be better at ministry and to, for us to better our current ministries in the church. There is a calling from God to do things that, that will not come from the world, that will not come from the enemy, that will not come from our own minds or our own hearts. But I want you to know that whenever you hear a voice that is calling out to you, a knock at your heart, at your heart and a voice that is calling out, that draws you closer to God and draws you away from the world and lines up with the word of God and that increases his reign and furthers his kingdom. That is the voice of God and he is calling you to do a work. I need some people here tonight, some, some members of Lighthouse Church that do not resist that voice. That whenever you hear the voice of God calling you to something more, to do something greater, to a place of repentance, to a place of restoration, do not resist the voice of God, but open up the door to your heart and begin to listen to what the voice of God is saying. Open up yourself to his will and allow God to use you in a way like he never has before. I'm going to tell you right now, we as Lighthouse Church have been positioned for growth and for revival. And I'm not just talking about a new building. It can be here, it can be there, it can be wherever. I'm telling you that there Opportunities, giving ideas and 
birthing dreams and igniting passions that only come from God. He is standing at the door and he is knocking. His voice is calling, but we must respond. You see, there, there are three things here that have to take place. There's a knock, there's a voice, and there's a response. I believe that everyone under the sound of my voice here tonight can recognize the knock on our heart. You can recognize whenever something is trying to get in to you. Something is getting in your spirit, getting in your heart. But we have to watch for the voice to make sure it's of God. And I'll say again, that if it's something that furthers his kingdom, I, I, there, there's no better way that I can put it than that if you're at the grocery store and you see someone and something quickens in you that says, go talk to that person. The devil's not telling you to do that. The devil doesn't want you to share the gospel. Come on now. Okay? If you're, if you're an extrovert or an introvert and you feel something within you say, I should go talk to that person. Understand that's not your personality speaking to you. That's not your mind speaking to you. That's not you. That's not who you are. That's God speaking to you to go and do something. I need to take heed to this one. If you're a little overweight and God's telling you to walk through your apartment complex and pray, you should probably do that thing, Randall. Stop sitting on your couch eating Cheetos. <laughs> Whenever God begins to speak to our heart, whenever he begins to let his voice out calling to us to do something for him, we should open our heart. We should let him in and let him operate through us in the way that he wants to do. There are great things that I believe that are in store for Lighthouse Church. A great place that God is trying to take us. But sometimes... We have a resistance to the voice. It's, it's like at home that we hear a knock at the door. Maybe we even hear the voice of the person calling out. But for whatever reason, we don't want to answer that door. Anybody know someone like that? Come over to your house and knock on the door. And you're like, oh no, it's doing the blank. <laughs> There's a resistance to opening the door, to allowing that person in. Maybe we're just comfortable where we are. Anybody ever been laid back in your recliner and someone knocks on the door and you're like, I think I'll just let them go. Just comfortable. Maybe sometimes we get comfortable. Maybe we are afraid of the commitment that's going to come if we open up the door. Maybe we feel inadequate or unworthy to be part of what's going to be coming whenever we open it up. Maybe we believe that what's at the door is maybe too good to be true. I don't, I don't believe that, that this is true. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to open it up. I, I, I'm reminded as I, as I was going through this of Acts chapter 12, this very interesting story of Peter. As he is in prison, the Bible says that, that the whole church begins to pray 
for his release. They're praying for Peter, they're praying for his release. And an angel comes and Peter's released out of the jail. And he goes to the house where they are praying and he knocks on the door. There's a girl that goes to the door and she hears Peter's voice and she knows it's him. And she runs back to the people and she says, Peter is at the door. And they don't believe it. <laughs> this is a common thing even in our life, that we're praying for something, God reveals it to us, does it, and we're like, no, that can't be it. <laughs> it's what you're praying for. God is answering your prayer. But whatever was happening in their mind was trying to make them think, no, that can't be, that can't be, he's in prison. Let's go back to praying that he's released. He's at the door. So many times we have that same mindset in our life that we pray to God for things and he comes and he knocks on the door and the voice is there, but it's too good to be true. And we, we don't believe that God can do that. Whatever the reason is that we don't answer the door, that we don't open and we don't respond, whatever the reason is that we hide Instead of responding, today is the day to open up and to let God in. Today is the day to answer that voice. This is the time to respond to the voice and the call of God. We have an opportunity right now to heed the call that God has on our life. The voice, the things that he's been speaking to us. I, I don't know what that is for you. Only you can know what it is that God has been talking to you about. Only you can know the things that God has been speaking, that his voice has been speaking to your heart. For a long time, maybe God has been knocking on your heart's door. He's been calling out to you to do something within the church to come to a place of repentance. Maybe he's been calling out for you to do a greater work than you ever have before. But for whatever reason, we have refused to answer the call. Tonight, you can have an opportunity to respond to that call. And Sister Hannah will come and help me tonight. I'm going to close with an illustration. An event that took place in my life that I witnessed, that I saw, and that made an impact on me enough to include it in this for you today. I want you to stand with me, if you will. Some friends of mine, Caleb and Mandy, now Dehart, they were they were being married in Papa, Papa Florida. Was that at the Williams Church? Brother Williams Church in Apocalypse, Florida. They had been married at the church and we had gone over to the fellowship hall. And whenever I say fellowship hall, I don't mean the small room downstairs. The large, grand facility that is a multi-purpose family life center, whatever it is that you want to call it. And we get there 
And they have these beautiful place settings with live burning candles. Because that's just beautiful, right? Everyone say, oh. Beautiful live burning candles all around the room. With also some type of paper mache decoration. <laughs> We're sitting there, and all of a sudden, I'm at the at the head table with the wedding party, and in the back corner back here, there's a big poof of light that comes up. I'm trying to figure out what's going on, and a couple of us noticed that these candles have lit some of this paper on fire. And the paper is now lighting the uh, tablecloth on fire. And the fire is beginning to grow. And I jump up and, you know, take an action. We go find a fire extinguisher. And a buddy of mine runs and they had a, a bucket of water. And we go and very quickly, very efficiently, we put out the fire. We saved lives that day. Thank you. Saved property at the very least that day. But there's later I was I was thinking about that that moment. This that could have been catastrophic, could have burned the building down if, if someone hadn't noticed it quick enough and got things going. And I began to think about it and what was weird is that there were three types of people that were within that building. There were some people that at the end of that, all the commotion, this is how large the room was, that all the way back here in this back corner, a fire started, could have burned down the building. These guys scrambled around, found some water, threw it on it, put it out, and some people left the place never knowing there was even a fire in the building. That's how good we were, guys. They never even knew that this, that this catastrophic event almost took place. There were some that saw it but did not respond. There were some who saw the fire burning but nothing clicked in their mind. I need to go put this out. They sat thinking, someone will do this. Someone will take care of this problem. But then there were some that saw the fire, that responded, took action, and now has this really cool story to tell about. In our life, I, I, I was thinking about this later, that, that in this scenario, it's kind of the same thing that happens to us in life and, and relates to the knock, the call, and the response. That there are some that will leave this house that you'll think, well, that was for someone else. That was a great sermon for brother so-and-so, sister, whoever. Not recognizing the call and the voice for you that was coming from God, that has been coming from God. There will be some that will see it, that will feel it, that will hear it, but that will not respond. But there will be others that will hear the voice, that will hear the knock, that will see the fire, if you will, and respond, that will give a response that can change their life, can change 
things here at Lighthouse Church that can change things in your family and in your home. That can change things in your neighborhood, change things at work, change every aspect of everything that you do every day. Tonight, the fire of God is moving through this place. God has been knocking. He has been calling. And he's waiting on someone's response here tonight. We've heard the knock. We've recognized the voice. But it's time for us to respond. What I want us to do tonight is that if you feel that there is something in your life that God is calling you to, and maybe a deeper calling, the voice of God has been speaking to you to, to do something, to start something, to be involved in something, to come to a place of repentance maybe. You fill in the blank. Whatever the voice of God is saying to you, I want to open up these altars and make a space for you to come, for you to surrender yourself to God and say, God, I'm responding to your call right now. I want to do the work that you have called me to do. I want to answer you. Is there anyone tonight? Is there anyone tonight that God has been speaking to you to do a work, to do something? The voice of God has been.